Dating Skills Review. The central source for dating advice for men presents Dating Groove Insider. Well, hey, this is Angel Donovan from Dating Skills Review, and today we have Daniel Rose from Sex God Method with us. Hi, hi, Dan. Okay, so Six God Method came came out in 2006, um, and has been revamped and gone through a few different versions to its its current uh, second edition on ebook, and he, he now has a video online training program as as well, um, and it's been very successful and quite widely published in in the press. Um, so it's really good to have Dan Dan here to talk more about that. Good to be here. So Dan, um, I thought we'd just like jump straight into kind of like the overview of your uh, method, which is very different to a lot of the other stuff out there, which is very, very um, kind of um, you know, pinpointed techniques focused, whereas you had this overall framework um, which had a lot of psychology and you know, had a completely different approach um, towards sex for guys. Could you give us an overview of that? Yeah, sure thing. And that's actually a question I get a lot because there's a ton of sex books out there. So you know, a lot of people are wondering, uh, why should I buy yours? Um, basically, what makes my book different is that, yeah, like you said, a lot of the books concentrate mostly on the, the physical side of sex, uh, you know, like the angles that you're thrusting into her or, you know, like different ways to stimulate, with her, stimulate her with your fingers or something like that. My book is a little bit different, though, because it concentrates more on the psychological side. It concentrates on what I call her four mental orgasm triggers, which are four things that uh, I know excite a woman psychologically. And the idea of my book is that if you give her those four things, then you can use pretty much any physical technique that you want, and she's going to have uh, orgasms, and it's going to be great sex. Um, I do teach some physical techniques too, but I would say, yeah, the main difference in my book is the emphasis on the psychological technique and the four mental orgasm triggers. Okay. And, and those uh, four mental orgasm triggers, what are they? Uh, so the first one is dominance. Um, this is one which a lot of like um, a lot of guys in the dating community know about, but which a lot of mainstream guys is kind of a foreign idea to them. Uh, women are really turned on by masculine primal sexual dominance. Uh, this is basically being a leader in the bedroom, taking control of her in the bedroom, and at times uh, almost treating her like your property, uh, which I know can sound a little bit demeaning if you've never done it before, but it can be very very sexually pleasurable to women if you do it in the right way. Um, so that's the first thing. Second thing is emotion. Um, this is basically making her feel strong emotions during sex, whether they're positive emotions or negative emotions. Uh, now, what I found out is that any emotion that she feels during sex is actually going to make it more intense. Um, this is another counterintuitive idea, but you've got to be able to create strong emotions during sex for it to be good for her as a woman. Uh, third is variety. Uh, this is basically mixing it up, uh, always keeping sex fresh and interesting, not only on the physical level with like you know using different sex positions and different techniques uh, physically, but also giving her different types of sexual energy on the psychological level. Um, you know, sometimes making sex really rough and dominant, sometimes making love to her in a really soft and romantic, emotional way. Um, and sometimes making it very relaxed and almost having a tantric feel. And giving her those three different types of sexual energies and rotating through those is going to keep it exciting for her. And finally, as I mentioned before, the last one is immersion, and that's basically staying relaxed, staying present, staying comfortable during sex, 
and uh, not getting overexcited or like tense or nervous in any way. And this, I know, is a very simple concept, but it's actually one of the most important elements of sex because once you really master immersion, then uh, sexual dysfunction, such as erectile dysfunction and, you know, uh, having an orgasm too soon will basically vanish. Uh, it'll be much easier for her to have an orgasm, and it'll be uh, much more pleasurable sex for both of you. So that's basically it in a nutshell. Dominance, emotion, variety, immersion. Give her those four things. It's going to be great sex. Okay, great. And for, for, the, for the guys you, you know, you've coached and so on, which, which do they find the easiest to get you know, their head round in terms, of, in terms of these four triggers and actually start doing, and, and which is the hardest? I would say for a lot of guys, um, the positive emotions are the easiest because we've been socially conditioned to know that that's something which is going to sexually arouse a woman. You know, doing something which is more of a romantic, love-making energy, mm-hmm. uh, that tends to be the easiest, the most intuitive for a lot of guys. Uh, probably the least intuitive is the dominant stuff. Um, stuff like, especially for guys, because most of the guys who come to me are really, you know, genuinely nice guys who care about their girlfriends, care about their wives, and they want to give them pleasure. So it, it can be tough to understand if you've never done it before how saying, you know, you belong to me, uh, you're my dirty little son. It can be tough to understand how that can be pleasurable for a woman. But once you've done it and you've seen the reactions that it gets and how it really turns her on, then you realize that, um, you know, by doing those things, you're really honoring her in a higher sense and uh, respecting her in a higher sense. You know, because as you, as you say, it sounds kind of counterintuitive, and I, I can imagine a lot of guys go, oh, that, that sounds like too much for me. It's really out of character. Um, and they're going to be like, well, that's, that's, that's okay for some girls, but, you know, for my girl, she's a nice girl, and I don't <laughs> think it's relevant for her. Uh, well, what I find <laughs> you is... Laugh. Uh, yeah, and I, that, this is actually something that guys say a lot, too. Um, so a few tips for that. Uh, first of all, you have to realize that I, I do believe that there are such things as universal female desires. And you might think that she's a nice girl, but maybe she's only a nice girl with you. And maybe she does enjoy these things, and maybe if you introduce it in a way which um, isn't going to offend her, she would get a lot of pleasure out of it. So uh, first of all, I would say don't dismiss it without trying it. Um, And then second of all, I would say the way to introduce it, a lot of guys kind of screw this up because what they'll do is they'll – They'll take, like, the most crazy advanced, like, you know, uh, edgy sexual technique out of my book. Like, they'll, you know, uh, for example, with Dirty Talk, they'll say, they'll try to be like, uh, you know, you're my dirty little whore right away as the first Dirty Talk line they've ever said, uh, you know, cold turkey just from that. And if you try to start with something, like, crazy advanced like that before you're ready for it, before you have the sexual confidence – that's when it comes off as weird. But if you start small, if you start with something with just, you know, moaning or, like, making noises first or just saying it feels so good to be inside you before, you know, as the first thing that you say, that's impossible to reject. And from there you can always build up and say something a little more risque and a little bit more and a little bit more. So I would say, you know, just start small and build up from there. Are you talking about physical dominance only? I've heard you kind of, like, bring out, like, topics. It sounds like it's, you know, kind of verbal the way you're talking about dominance. Uh, could, could you talk a bit more about that? Is it, you know, is it just verbal or is it physical as well? Yeah, so um, I know like when a lot of people think about dominance, they think about like, like BDSM and like uh, you know, giving her electric shocks or something like that. Um, what I found is that while that thing can work on some girls, for most girls that's not really the type of dominance they want. Really what they're mm-hmm. after is the psychological sensation of mm-hmm. being dominated, of you know, like being, having someone take control of them. 
and sometimes that involves a component of physical pain. But the most effective dominance I've found give a heavy, uh, a heavy like, impact of psychological dominance without an overwhelming amount of physical pain. Uh, for example, one technique I, I like to use all the time is called the, the door slam, uh, where basically I'll be kissing her, and then suddenly, you know, with no warning, I'll take her, and then I'll slam her back up against the door. Um, and this makes a really loud noise. It really seems like she's being dominated, but it really doesn't cause her any pain at all because uh, the impact is kind of distributed over her back and the door has a give, uh, unlike a wall, so it's not going to hurt at all. Um, but it, it really makes her feel like she's being dominated without hurting her too much. And things like that, I feel, are the most effective types of dominance, things which provide the, the psychological side of dominance. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've got to say, you know, I, I read your, your book a couple of years ago and uh, with my buddy, actually, Cyber, and it really opened up Know, the, the things we were doing, and you know, I've I've seen crazy things um, over over the years since, um, and it's been it's been really great, um, and but very very mind opening, and it was a gradual process, like you say, um, of it was it was a gradual process of kind of getting out of your comfort zone. Um, so um, for us, I think it was natural for us to go gradually, like you know, we we didn't just kind of jump in and do cold turkey, like you said. Um, we kind of did it in a gradual process, um, especially with the dominant stuff, which is uh, a, a bit tougher. But what I found, um, and you know, I'll see what you think about this, is I have found that you know girls are receptive to it in in different ways. Um, is 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 that, is that your experience, or you know, do you think there's any type of calibration as to what you can you, you can do and what she's going to enjoy the most, or do you mm. really think like that? It's just a matter of kind of like training or, or like, you know, easing into it. Yeah, most definitely. I think there are uh, different, different, different types of women that will react to the stuff in different ways. Um, probably one of, the, one of the most important differences that we've been talking about in our members forum lately is mm -hmm. the difference between women who will um, use what's I, what I've called uh, playful submission and women who use deep submission. Uh, what I mean by this is that a lot of the times when you use a lot of these dominance techniques, um, a lot of the times it will actually work right away right off the bat where you'll say something like, you belong to me, and she'll like it right away. She'll be like, yes, I belong to you, like, you know, the first time you say it. And that can be great, but a lot of the times when that happens, it's what I call playful submission, where she's just saying it as something, you know, to make sex better, as like a kinky sex thing, um, which is good. Yeah. You know, there's nothing wrong with that, but eventually you want to progress to what I call deep submission, where, where she literally means that she belongs to you, where she's yours. Um, and a lot of women, they don't have that whole playful submission phase, and it'll take, it, it'll take them a little bit longer to get to the deep submission, but once you get there, then it means a lot more. So I would say that's, that's kind of the biggest difference. Just realize that you may sometimes be getting playful submission rather than deep submission, and just no matter what her initial reaction is, always make it your goal to get to that deep submission. Is, is, there, is there any way you can tell that it's playful submission versus deep submission? Yeah, um, usually, usually playful submission will come uh, earlier, whereas mm. deep submission will take a little bit longer to get. Uh, usually playful submission will come from girls who are more sexually experienced. Uh, deep mm. submission will come from girls who are uh, less sexually experienced. Um, mm -hmm. And... Uh, this is kind of a stereotype; doesn't apply all the time. But a lot of the times, uh, Asian women will uh, go yeah. directly to deep submission, and we'll skip the whole playful submission phase. Really, that's that's interesting because I live in uh, as I live in 
Asia. Um, so I, I should actually say um, Asian American woman. I've actually never been to Asia, so uh, by that I do mean right. Asian American. I, I, yeah, I, I, I think I think you're right about that. Except I mean, there's differences by countries, but um, uh-huh. uh, yeah, I, I think uh, the American Asians are very different to the you know some of the countries here. Each is different, um, but I, I get what you mean. Um, some of the countries here are, here are like that. Thailand, for instance. For instance. Um, okay. Um, so you just touched on, on on the thing about experience of of the women. Um, you know how much sexual experience they have. Um, how how do you you know how how does it differ depending on what kind of experience she has? Um, like for instance, like if you take a situation where um, you you a guy feels that a girl maybe has more sexual experience than him. Um, you know, what sh- what should he be trying to do, or you know, what, what should he be sh- feel comfortable with doing? Um, generally, if you're with a girl who's like really sexually experienced and really sexually confident, a lot of guys will feel threatened by that. But overall, I mean, it's it's a great thing. I mean, the more sexually confident she is, the more experience she has, um, the more comfortable she's going to be in the bedroom, the more likely she's going to be to have orgasms. Uh, really, the only way you could screw that up is to get insecure about it and to, like, you know, um, to wish that she didn't experience great sex with other guys and that she wasn't as sexual. Like, uh, once you get into those types of insecure thoughts, that's when she's going to start to cover up her past and to be less sexual with you. Um, so I would say if you're in a situation like that with a with a girl's sexual experience, realize that it's a blessing, first of all, and uh, get rid of what's called the uh, Madonna whore complex, where you believe that all girls are either, um, you know, Madonnas, like the really nice girls and nurturing mothers, or whores who have sexual desires. In reality, realize that every woman is both, uh, including your girl, and really accept her feminine sexual desires as being natural and healthy. Great, great. And um, a little bit tired here, man. That's why I'm gonna have to edit some of this. <laughs> anyway, um, like you, you just touched on orgasms, and every you know every guy is always really concerned, you know, about you know is this girl having orgasms um, or is she not? Like, how how would your like method gen- generate orgasms with women? You know, how how much dominance, emotion, variety, and immersion. Um, is it, are, there, are those combination? Is there a combination of those things which is going to help her to have orgasms, or what, you know, how do these things relate to each other? Uh, most definitely, I would say you can give her an orgasm using any of those types of sexual energies. Um, but mm-hmm. what I would say, probably for the very first orgasm that you give her. Um, what I would concentrate on is more the physical technique that you're using, actually. Uh, I know that kind of goes against my rule, but in this yep. specific situation, um, there is one physical technique which is going to make it much easier for you to give her the first, first orgasm, um, and that's oral sex. Uh, I feel that oral sex, while it's not going to produce the most intense types of orgasms because it's going to give her clitoral orgasms, it's by far the easiest way to make her come. So uh, for if, if you're looking to give her the first orgasm, I would recommend going with oral sex and then progress to you know using her fingers and in intercourse and uh, more difficult to achieve but ultimately more powerful types of orgasms. Okay, great. And then and then you can once you've got her orgasm orgasming, um, you can um, progress more with the dominance and, and the rest of your model, I guess. Oh yeah, most definitely. Um, you know, there there are many ways you can enhance her orgasms with dominance or emotion or something like that. Um, 
one thing which uh, which girls really love is if uh, she's about to, if you're having intercourse with her and she's about to have an orgasm and she tells you that she's about to come and right when she's about to, just whisper "I love you" in her ear, and that's really going to drive her nuts. Um, another example with dominance would be when she's about to have an orgasm, say you're going to come and there's nothing you can do about it, um, and just control her orgasm like that. And you can see by doing very simple things like this, you can charge the orgasm with different sexual energies, make it really dominant or, uh, you know, like really romantic or, you know, whatever energy you want to infuse into it. I mean, it really says when, you, when you're talking about it um, like this, it really sounds like um, you're really, you know, projecting a lot, a lot of confidence, right? A lot of, of, you know, you've got a lot of assurance about um, your power to give her orgasms and, and so on. What happens, you know, for, for a guy... Perhaps he, you know, he doesn't. He's not sure about orgasms if she's having them, or, you know, or he does. He doesn't know if he's gonna have one. Um, it, it's it's quite a, quite a leap for him to start saying, you know, hey, you're gonna come for me, baby, now, and and so on. So, what what do you suggest to you know these these kinds of guys? Um, so I would say, yeah, as you said, the sexual confidence is obviously very key to making every sexual technique work, and there's a mm. lot of things which you can do to improve your sexual confidence. Um, one thing which has been huge for me, to be quite honest, has been uh, gaining 30 pounds of muscle. Um, this is something which right. I've done over the past few years. You can look at my old YouTube videos and look at me now, and I'm you know, significantly bigger. But um, I've come to believe that the way your physique looks is a tremendous factor in your sexual confidence. Um, first of all, because obviously having a great physique has a direct effect of turning her on more. Uh, you know, if you, if you have a great physique, just that will turn her on a little bit. But even more powerfully, um, that happens first. That happens as the first thing in the interaction. And if you have a great physique, you're going to see a great reaction right away. And that's going to give you more confidence for the rest of it. And that increased sexual confidence is actually going to be even more powerful than the uh, direct effect of your looks. And on the other side, if, you know, if your physique sucks and she's turned off right away, then that's going to make you insecure and less sexually confident throughout the whole interaction. So, you know, it's going to kind of drain you. So I would say, you know, if you're looking to get more sexually confident, great step one is to improve your physique. Okay, right. Um, yeah, that's, that's good. So is, is, is that where you, like, for, for a guy who's just starting out and, you know, he, he isn't very sure about, um, you know, sex, he wants to improve, but he doesn't really know where to start and he's kind of starting from base zero. Um, is, so is, is working on your physique the place you'd recommend that he starts first? Uh, yeah, definitely. I would recommend um, working on your physique. Uh, if you don't have a girlfriend right now, getting in touch with, you know, some getting some basic dating advice. Uh, I recommend uh, Vin DiCarlo. He's a guy I learned from, but there's a lot of great guys out there you can learn from. Um, mm-hmm. And then, uh, yeah, and then once you, once you get a sexual partner to just start, even if you haven't uh, had much experience with this type of, like, crazy, wild, out-there sex, just try something small every day, something that's impossible to reject, and it'll build up mm-hmm. from there. Okay, great. You talk really fast, by the way. <laughs> I know. I know. Yes, I, I, I just uh, I just chug like two cups of coffee, trying to wake up. I mean, you, you talk a lot about orgasms because I know this is a you know it's a big thing for guys. Um, do you, I, I can't remember from the book if there's a lot of content about um, orgasms in there. I know I think you're in your videos, so there's quite a bit um, talk about that. 
you go into um, quite a bit of description about that with, the, with some of the physical techniques and so on? Uh, yeah, um, there's there's some description of like the physical techniques of how to give orgasms. Um, it's there are like some techniques, but basically the idea is, uh, you know, do the do the basic physical techniques and then um, enhance it with all the different types of psychological energy, like uh, like the stuff I was talking about before with you know making an orgasm dominant or making it um, you know really emotional. I think that that's really where uh, you know the the powerful sexual variety comes from, from the ability to charge a sexual experience with different types of energy. Okay, good advice. So you don't freak out your girl. Mm. Looking at, um, you know, when we're, when we're talking about dominance, and talked a little about, um, you know, how, how these four elements are going to charge the experience. Um, now, to give guys a bit of an idea of, you know, what that means, what are the, what are the kind of reactions you get from women? Because, you know, for, for all they know, their women are already turned on and they're enjoying their, their sexual lives as it is. But you know maybe their expectations are lower than than what it could be. So for, for you, what what is the difference between you know adding these things and and not for the women? Uh, it's all the difference in the world because um, you know when I first started learning about sex, then I thought that you know women kind of worked like a machine where you know if you rub the machine in a certain way for a certain amount of time, then it produces an orgasm. Um, you know I, I thought that what you're doing on the psychological level didn't really matter that much. Uh, and I really found out that nothing is further from the truth than that. You know, I found that you could be rubbing her in the same exact way as another guy and doing the same exact thing literally on the physical level, but if the other guy is stimulating her psychologically, giving her that dominance, emotion, variety, and all that stuff, and you're not, then she's going to have orgasms with the other guy and nothing with you. So, um, yeah, I, I really do believe that the psychological side makes all the difference in the world. And is it just about orgasms? You know, we're talking about orgasms here, like, but is, is that how you quantify, you know, the sexual experience of, of women? Uh, can a guy feel, like, as long as she's having orgasms, can he feel like, oh, yeah, she's really enjoying it. You know, this is, like, this is probably the best sex she's, she's going to have with me. Uh, that's actually a good point because uh, that's something which we emphasize a lot in our marketing because we know, you know, that's one major thing that guys are looking for. And it yeah. is important. I mean, it is important that you give her orgasms, but there are also other things that she's looking for in sex. Um, it's possible to give her great sex without her having an orgasm, and it's possible to, you know, not give her not so good sex even if she does have an orgasm. So, I would say really, at the deeper level, what she's looking for is, you know, those four things that I talked about before. Um, if you can make sex, for example, intensely dominant, um, even if she isn't able to have an orgasm that specific time, then it's going to be really good. But if you, for example, say you were to uh, uh, like get really technical and she was like fantasizing in her head about something else and by by mm. fantasizing about something else she was able to have an orgasm um it wouldn't really be so hot right is is there an element um you know as you bring that up is there an element to you being in sync with um, where the girls at right now well, obviously like girls have like fantasies sometimes and they might be thinking you know awaiting something um now when you talk about variety you're you're kind of uh, saying like let's do different stuff, but does that mean that it should be different stuff to what she's expecting, or does it mean that you know it just has to it has to vary in like over time, like while you with her? Yeah, it basically should be different than what you've done in the past. It should be stuff which is preventing you from like falling into habits or ruts. Uh, for example, I know a lot of married couples will typically fall into a routine where they'll have sex, you know, at the same time in the same place in the bed 
in the missionary position with the same exact type of energy, and it'll just get very, uh, very monotonous because nothing ever changes. Um, so basically, the idea of variety is that you don't do that. <laughs> uh, basically, you make sex very different one time to another. You know, one time you make it like super, super dominant where you're like spanking her and uh, you know saying that she's yours, and another time you can make it very immersive where it's almost like, uh, uh, like tantric sex. And you can actually take it to another level, and you can mix in these different types of sexual energies within one sexual encounter. Uh, for example, you could be very dominant one minute and then switch it up and get very emotional the next. So, you know, there are a lot of ways you can do this, but basically the idea of what it comes down to is uh, giving her the different types of sexual energies in unpredictable ways where it never gets boring, never gets monotonous, and always stays exciting. So you're really always leading her. Exactly, like yeah. You're leading her. You're saying where it's going. Yeah, exactly. You're always leading her on a new adventure. It's never just you know the same old, same old in bed. It's always like a fresh, uh, new, exciting experience. Right, and I think you know that the word experience is the right thing. Like from you know, from from, from like uh, the places where you have sex. You know, a lot of the you know the, the things that my my girlfriends have said is that we've had if we've had sex in a, a you know a different location. Uh, maybe a bit public or, you know, something a bit uh, a bit on the dodgier side, edgier side. Um, these are the sort of things that, they, you know, they remember as, you know, a very special sexual experience. So, you know, when you use the word experience, I think that really kind of captures what you're, what you're doing with this psychology. Yeah, definitely. And I think, you know, things like that, like you just said, with, uh, you know, occasionally having sex in public, they can be fantastic in the, in the context of a relationship. And I think, you know, every guy should think of things like that that they can do to mix things up and make sure they're not falling into that, you know, typical uh, typical rut. Yeah, yeah. Girls will often like having sex in one specific way, right? There's, there's a specific uh, way uh, or like a direction or physical angle or, you know, some, something that she kind of, you know, really works for her in terms of getting an orgasm. So if she, if she, if she feels good about that does, that, does that mean you have to stop with the variety if she's always asking you to do it that way? Or should you ignore what she's saying and what she's asking for sometimes and, you know, do it different ways? Where, where uh, that's actually, that's a really good yeah. point. Um, so here's what you want to do. At the beginning of the sexual interaction and in the middle, uh, this is generally the points where you want to add in your variety and you want to experiment with new things. Um, generally, like, before she's about to have an orgasm while, like, foreplay is still going on, before she's, like, really sexually excited, uh, that's when she's going to appreciate the variety. Um, however, you know, girls do have their unique physical preferences. There will usually be, you know, like, one thing which is going to be more effective for giving her orgasms. Um, when she's feeling a lot of sexual pleasure and when she's about to have an orgasm, then you want to forget about variety and just do that one thing which is going to drive her over the edge. So, uh, yeah, variety up front, but once she's about to have an orgasm, then just uh, bring her over. And, you know, come, coming back to the orgasms again um, and, and talking about experience, like, or, I mean, I think, I think, you know, you've been saying basically the experience is more important than the orgasm. So if, if, if a girl doesn't have an orgasm, but, you know, the, the experience is different, you know, is that, is, which one's going to be better for her? <laughs> well, I mean, ideally, ideally it'd be both. Ideally it'd be a great experience <laughs> and the orgasms. Um, so it's a little bit difficult to separate them, but right. I, I would say I would say the experience. Um, if if I had to make the choice, because I know there are some women who have difficulty having orgasms, and it will take them a few months to get up to that point. But if you can give them a great experience, even when they're uh, pre-orgasmic, then um, you know it's still going to have the the effects of making her loyal to you and of making her um, making her fall in love with you. So. 
uh, yeah, I would say the experience is actually more valuable than the orgasm. Great. A lot of the, a lot of the books out there always, you know, if you, if you go into a bookshop, they'll be they'll be talking about you know telling you to listen to the girl, um, you know, and to open the lines of communication. You know, I, I think that pretty much rounds up a lot of the the books out there, especially you know the ones with women. Um, is, is that the kind of the tact you take as well? You should be listening and talking to her about her sexual needs needs a lot. Yeah, I think. Well, here's what I think. I think that you should listen to her um, at the right time, uh, and I think that most guys do listen, but at the wrong time. And uh, what I mean by that is that most guys will talk to her um, in a non-sexual, non-bedroom situation and ask her, you know, what her needs are in the bedroom. Um, you know, for example, they'll bring it up over dinner. They'll talk about, you know, uh, for example, like trying anal sex or how to give her an orgasm when she's, you know, completely in a non-sexual frame of mind. Um, and the feedback that you're going to get when she's in a non-sexual frame of mind is going to be terrible. <laughs> I mean, she's right. uh, it's, it's not her fault. You know, she's not trying to lie to you. But when she's in that frame of mind, she can't really articulate what's going to turn her on very well. Um, so before before she's in that sexual frame of mind, uh, don't pay too much attention to what she's saying. Um, but when you really, really want to pay attention to what she's saying is after great sex. Um, after great sex, she's going to be completely open to you. Uh, she's going to tell you her fantasies if you know how to elicit them in the right way. Um, she'll tell you exactly how to turn her on, what she likes about you. That's when you're really going to get the gold. So I would say, you know, do listen to her, but don't focus so much on the things she's saying in non-sexual situations. Elicit her fantasies and really get her to open up to you after great sex. Great, great, great points. Because you know, after, after great sex, she'll be a lot more open to talking about it and more relaxed about it. I guess. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I've had girls confess like the craziest sexual fantasies to me after they've had great sex, and you know, it seems natural. It seems like the thing to do, but. The same thing, I'm trying to imagine having it said in, like, a logical, like, uh, dinner situation. It would seem very weird. So, um, yeah, definitely, like, after great sex is where it's at. What did you take on? Okay, I've, I've known guys who uh, will never talk about any previous sexual experiences, you know, with their girlfriends um, because, I guess, you know, I guess they don't want to hear about them. Um, what, what's, your, what's your take on that, you know, because... You know, should should you be secure enough to kind of just discuss all of these things and would it hurt your relationship and, and the sex if if, she, if you're not going to talk about them? Um, you know, how should you approach um, like past sex and if she's bringing up you know something else she's done in the past? Yeah, that's actually another another super important point too because I feel that by not being willing to talk about past sexual experience, then uh, you're really shooting yourself in the foot because. It, this is something which I do all the time, and uh, what I do is I'll have uh, you know the girls talk about their best sexual experience in the past, uh, you know the best sex that they had with some other guy, and then uh, basically all I have to do is listen to what <laughs> what the other guy did to turn them on, and then copy the other guy's technique and do the exact same thing, and I have a very easy way to you know give her very powerful sexual pleasure, and I've done this so many times it's ridiculously easy, and you know uh, hardly any guys are doing it, and the reason why isn't because it's not so much that they don't know how to do it. It's just because, you know, they're not really secure enough to hear that the girl was having great sex with other guys. Um, so what you have to realize is that, you know, if she's a female and she's attractive and she's sexually healthy, she was having great sex with other guys, whether or not she tells you about it. Um, and you have to be secure in yourself as a man to know that if she's having great sex with other guys, 
uh, this doesn't diminish you, and it doesn't take any, anything away from the relationship that you have. So I would say if, if you're having trouble hearing about your girlfriend's past sexual experiences or even telling her about yours, uh, that's something which I would really concentrate on working through. Uh, maybe, again, start small. Start by telling her about you know, a sexual experience which isn't too edgy and which isn't too risque, um, but which has a very low chance of projection. And then from there, work up and work up and work up to more and more edgy things. Yeah, there's some, I mean, you know, certainly the way I've seen it develop in my relationships as well. Um, you know, it just kind of develops, develops. In fact, I don't know, I don't know if, you know, you, you've had this experience, but um, it becomes like a team effort to kind of explore, like, the realms of, of edginess um, mm. from time to time, you know, with girls that right, kind of get into this and, and you know, they're, they're interested. Um, and And that kind of, like, team effort towards sex, like, oh, what can we do next, you know, what can we explore next, um, I found was very strengthening for a relationship. I don't know if that's your experience. Yeah, definitely, because I think a lot, of, a lot of guys, um, especially from the pickup artist community, they kind of have this adversarial mindset where they're like, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to win and the girl's going to lose, and that's kind of a, a dumb way to think about it. Um, you know, the much better way to think about it is, what, is that the two of you are working together to get a great sex life. Um, you know, I encourage my guys to show the girls the sex guy method and to have them read it. And, you know, typically the girls are going to get really turned on by it. They're going to like the fact that the guy is uh, trying to give them more sexual pleasure and caring about their sexual pleasure. And, uh, you know, they're going to be on board and be on the same team. So, yeah, definitely take that mentality. Realize that she's, she's your teammate, not your opponent. Awesome. And, and around that, like, so we were just talking about, like, you know, discussing her past sexual um, experiences. If a girl starts asking about your past sexual experiences, and, you know, say, say you, you had a lot of girlfriends, you know, say, say you became one, one of the pickup artists and you're a player for a while or, or whatever, should you be open about that? Or is it something that you, you know, you don't want to be too open in case, uh, you know, um, she feels know, uncomfortable about a situation? Or how would you approach that? Uh, so here's how you want to do it. Um, you want to be honest about everything that you're doing. Like if she asks you about, uh, you know, like uh, what you've done in the past, like if you were a pickup artist or whatever, then, uh, yeah, I would say be honest about that and tell her about it. Um, but there is a difference between telling her and uh, rubbing it in her face. Um, you know, for example, with the, with the sexual technique, um, if you tell her, you know, I've read the sex guy method and, you know, it, I use it to make our sex life better, there's no problems with that. Uh, but if you tell her, you know, the last time we have sex, uh, you know, the the way that you had that orgasm, I was actually using this technique, and I was rubbing at this angle and using this type of sexual energy, and you really get, like, super technical, like, breaking everything down, um, that goes into the territory of what I call, like, rubbing her face in it and, like, really uh, overemphasizing it to the point where it kills her attraction. So, yeah, I would say, like, don't rub her face in it, but uh, be honest and tell her what you're doing. Great, great. And how about, you know, a jealousy? I think we've all had this, uh, we, we've all, well, we've, a lot of us probably had this situation where uh, our girl, she asks us about, you know, past girlfriends and, and sexual experiences, and, you know, maybe you tell them of, you know, a story of one, one, one thing you've done. Um, and, you know, afterwards there's this maybe some kind of jealous vibe that comes out or some, something a bit negative. Um, is, is that something you have any advice on? Uh, yeah, I mean, it really depends on the context in which it comes out. Um, I feel that if, if if you're sharing the stuff after sex and, you know, she's sharing, sharing stories about the best sex that she ever had and you're sharing stories about the best sex that you've ever had, and it's all in the context of just sharing experiences of pleasure with, you know, um, nobody being diminished by that, then 
you're not going to have any problems from that type of situation. Uh, typically where guys get jealousy problems is where um, they start talking about their past sexual experience and they give the vibe that um, that past somehow threatens the girl. Mm. Um, and, and if you do this, then sometimes the girls uh, will get jealous. If she gets the if she gets the impression that you know um, what you had with those girls somehow takes away from what you have with her. Uh, but if if you give the impression that you know you had the experiences with those girls, uh, but it doesn't take away from your relationship right now, then it's not going to cause any problems. Great. Thanks for those specifics. That's that's really meaningful. Uh, I guess you know one of the themes that we're kind of dancing around here is trust in the relationship, right? Mm. Um, because you know, uh, sex sex is a very intimate experience, and you know, I guess you know you have to have a lot of trust between you to start opening up. And you know, a lot of people have a lot of insecurities about sex. That's that's kind of the way it is. Um, so, uh, is it, do you see that as important? Um, and if it is, like, how would you help the girl to have, have more trust in you and be all more open to you over time? So, yeah, as you, as you said, you know, obviously super important. Um, I would say in order to make her have more trust in you, uh, there's actually a couple different types of trust which you have to build. Um, the first of all, she has to trust you, you know, like as a person. Um, and this goes back to the thing that we talked about before with the honesty uh, you have to always strive to be as honest with her as possible, and not only in the way that we typically think about it as men, but to also um, honestly express what you're feeling towards her, which can be a lot more tricky, but is ultimately a lot more important. Um, as a woman, she's going to be very interested in you at all times, and if you misrepresent that like we do all the time with guys, uh, she's really not going to like that. Um, so you really want to like honestly updated on your emotional state um, at all times. Um, and the second thing is she has to have the, the, a level of what I call sexual trust with you, where she not only trusts you as a person, but she trusts that you're going to give her a good sexual experience. And the way that you build this up is, number one, by uh, mastering that immersive sexual energy of really making sex uh, comfortable and natural and uh, being present during sex um, to really nail that down, and that's going to contribute towards sexual trust a lot. And the other thing which is going to help is just um, a lot of experience with you of having good sex and knowing that, you know, the sex in the future is probably going to be good because sex in the past was good. So, so from, the, from the guy's side, um, you know, you, you've, you must have had quite a, quite a few uh, clients by now. You know, I guess you've seen a lot of different situations. Um, what, are, what are kind of the you know, extremes of, you know, how long it takes guys to apply this and start getting... getting mileage out of it, getting it to work for them, um, and uh, are, there any, are there any sort of like best practices you've, you've found about how people learn and how, how it's better to try and learn this stuff? Uh, yeah, so uh, there have actually been guys who have come in and uh, they started doing a lot of my advanced stuff right away, and literally right away they saw results. Um, you know, obviously that doesn't happen uh, all the time. And then on the flip side, there were guys who they took, you know, up to like six months to a year to really see those, you know, to, to start having the type of sex that I talk about in the book. And the difference between those two guys is just that, you know, the first guy came in with a, with a high level of sexual confidence and sexual experience already. Um, so basically he was just, you know, doing the techniques, but he already had the sexual confidence to back it up. Whereas the second guy, he had to build up the sexual confidence. So, um I've never really seen it take longer than a year to see like a huge 
uh, transformation. Um, so I would say that's about the most. But depending on your level of sexual confidence that you're coming in with, it might take, uh, you know, not that long if you already have a lot, or it's probably going to take a little bit longer if you have to build it up. Okay. Do you have any advice on, you know, what kind of experience is good for a guy? Does he, does he need to see more than one girl? Um, or, you know, is it, should, should he just be seeing one girl? Um, is there differences in, you know, if he's, he's just kind of dating um, pretty casually, seeing different girls, is that going to have any limits on his sex, sex life? Um, you know, so, you know, what, what kind of benefits are there from your perspective uh, when he's learning and he's you know, wanting to enjoy this stuff? Um, you know, should, should he, what should he be doing, having more girlfriends or focusing on one girlfriend? How's he going to learn quicker um, and get the more out of it? Uh, so if if a guy currently has a relationship that he's happy with, um, I wouldn't recommend ending that to have like multiple relationships or anything. Uh, you can learn, you know, as long as you're having sex, then you're going to learn and you're going to make progress and become better. Um, that being said, though, if if you're currently single right now and you're looking for the absolute fastest way to improve, uh, the way that I did it is that um, basically I had uh, uh, open relationships with three women at the same time. Um, they all knew about mm -hmm. each other, and I was having sex with all of them. And basically for uh, about three or four months, I made sex like the focus of my life. Um, you know, I was seeing them, you know, I was seeing a, a different girl like five or six days a week. So I was having a ton of sex because uh, for most of the time they weren't dating any other guys, so I was their only source of sex. So I was having more sex than I ever had at any point in my life, and I just got so much sexual experience with the different girls so fast and um, the learning that took place about the different elements of the sex guy method and the different things that turned women on was definitely the fastest during that period. So uh, open relationships are definitely the fastest way to learn, but monogamous relationships can definitely work too. Okay. Um, I, guess, I guess when you're talking about open relationships, you're talking about relatively um, deep relationships as well. Not, I mean, these aren't like one-night stands or, you know, they're not uh, like, um, you know, friends with benefits kind of relationships, like casual relationships. Are they a lot more deeper in order to get the, you know, the, be able to develop these psychological um, experiences with women? Yeah, definitely, and I think yeah, that's that's why I differ from a lot of the dating gurus because uh, I, I do recommend open relationships, but I really don't like the concept of uh, like a friends with benefits or like a fuck buddy because that implies like casual, emotionless, uninvolved sex, um, which is the opposite of what we want to do. So, uh, yeah, I really recommend that um, you have these open relationships, but to recognize that there can be a, a lot of emotional depth in these relationships um, you know, like, when I when I had mo open relationships, I would say I love you uh, to multiple girls at the same time, and I would really I would really mean it, and I don't see anything wrong with that. I think that we can enjoy multiple polyamorous connections as human beings, and uh, I think that's a natural way to do things. So I mean, again, you know, nothing wrong with monogamous relationships. I've had those as well, and those can be great, but you can definitely experience a lot of emotional depth in a polyamorous open relationship. Great, and this makes you think also, um, you know, we've been talking a lot about the bedroom and what goes on in the bedroom, but how does, you know, how does your relationship outside the bedroom affect sex? Is that something that guys should be, you know, thinking about as well? You know, if they, if they want to improve their sex life, um, it, does it mean that, you know, their relationship should be a certain way outside the bedroom as well? Uh, yeah, so basically um, a lot of the times guys screw this up because what they'll do is they'll act like totally in, uh, you know, in one way outside the bedroom, then uh, like 
shift gears and put on like a, a different personality inside the bedroom, and that's mm-hmm. when it can really uh, really cause a disconnect. So uh, basically, what she's looking for outside the bedroom is an extension of what she's looking for inside the bedroom. She wants you to be like the dominant alpha male outside the bedroom. She wants you to um, lead the relationship outside the bedroom. Um, it, again, she wants to experience strong emotions outside the bedroom as well as inside the bedroom. Um, and she wants to feel relaxed and comfortable and like she can trust you outside the bedroom. So um, I would say uh, the, my biggest tip for guys in that area is avoid all of a sudden just like shifting to like acting dominant um, rather than like acting dominant or like acting romantic or like acting like anything. Uh, you just want it to be an extension of your natural personality, and that's really where it's going to uh, it's going to be the most effective. Great, right? Some awesome points there too. So one thing which I've been thinking about a lot lately is uh, sexual confidence. And um, one thing which I think about is that uh, one thing which guys come to me with, which is kind of a big problem for a lot of them, is that they're not having sex right now, so this kind of takes their sexual confidence down, and this in turn leads Mm -hmm. to having less sex, which leads to less sexual confidence. And, uh, you know, I've been in dry spells like this before, and I know it's a very, uh, very damaging cycle. So... If you're in a situation like this right now, um, I would say uh, in addition to improving your physique, as I mentioned before, um, really do other things which are going to improve your testosterone. And I think that this is going to be the thing which you can do which is going to have the most leverage to improve your sexual confidence. Um, uh, Real quick, just a few things you can do to improve your testosterone. Uh, Number one, taking risk in your non-sexual life, uh, financial, you know, emotional risk, any type of risk is going to make you have more testosterone and going to make you uh, more sexually confident and a more dominant male. Um, and number two, uh, co- competition. Uh, doing anything competitive, whether it's martial arts or, you know, like even something like chess, as long as you're going head-to-head with another human being and competing, uh, this is going to have another positive, sexual, uh, positive effect on your sexual confidence. Um, and number three, a lot of guys <laughs> can be a little bit unrealistic about where they're at in terms of the uh, the caliber of girls which you're able to attract right now. Um, so I would say if you're in a dry spell, uh, don't be too choosy about the type of girl who you're going to break the dry spell with. Just start having sex with somebody, and once you start having sex with somebody, then that's going to boost your sexual confidence, and it's going to be much more easier to attract even higher-quality partners. So uh, those are a few things which a guy can do to uh, improve his sexual confidence if he's in a dry spell. Great. So basically, testosterone correlates with sexual confidence. Yeah, basically, um, I, I've actually done a ton of study into this. And, you know, uh, for example, one interesting thing that I found out is uh, my friend, uh, he was in a fraternity, and in the fraternity, a lot of guys were doing steroids. Um, but they, <laughs> unfortunately, they were kind of idiots, and they didn't, like, work out while they were doing the steroids. So they didn't even look good. They had, like, crappy physiques. But what he noticed is that when the guys were shooting up on the steroids, then they would attract women like crazy because they're literally injecting testosterone straight into their bloodstream. Um, now, of course, you know, there's terrible side effects of that, and in the long term it decreases your testosterone. So you don't actually want to do steroids, but that right there kind of illustrates the power of testosterone and how important it is for your sexual confidence. Right. And I don't know if, you, if you've noticed this, but I noticed that well, when I go to the gym um, afterwards, um, I, th- I think you get a real – you know, shot of testosterone, maybe in the, kind of pretty much immediately afterwards, like 10, uh, 15 minutes afterwards. Um, and personally, I found, you know, that that, that, that can make it, it's, it's kind of like this cycle, 
um, during the during the week that, that goes up and down with your workouts as well. I don't know if that's something that you you've, you've seen yourself. Uh, yeah, most definitely. Um, you know, I notice like, uh, for example, when I when I skip workouts, I feel kind of emotionally screwed up, and uh, you know, I don't feel right. I don't feel as sexually confident as I normally do. Um, and I know that guys who don't work out at all, that's the way they feel all the time, and they don't even know about it just because it's constant. So they assume, you know, that's just the way. That's just the way it is. So yeah, I would say um, improving your testosterone can have massive effects on your sex life and your relationship life, which is very difficult to see if you haven't done it yet. Right, right. And just just quickly, going for a workout doesn't doesn't mean going for a lot of cardio, right? Uh, most definitely not. Um, I don't do any long distance slow cardio because that uh, actually saps your testosterone and makes you less sexually confident. Um, the things which I do are a lot of like uh, heavy. Uh, style exercises, um, almost like powerlifting style, uh, for example, like squats, deadlifts, bench press, military press, things like this, uh, first of all, are going to build insane strength and athleticism, going to build a great physique, which is going to visually turn around, but even more importantly, it's going to really, really build that testosterone and make you much more uh, masculine alpha male, so... Um, exercises like the squats, deadlift, bench press, basically anything that's heavy and compound is going to have a really positive effect on your testosterone. Right, and that, that sounds like a, lot, a much easier way to go about it than trying to like kind of re-engineer engineer your mindsets and sexual confidence from inside uh, for your own self-control. Yeah, basically I think there, there's a lot of things that you can do to build sexual confidence, um, but I think the wrong way to go about it is to like – sit down in a chair and like try to hypnotize yourself or you know repeat affirmations or uh, to basically try to talk yourself into being sexually confident without having any positive experience to back that up um i, I feel the best ways to improve sexual confidence are through taking some form of action and by demonstrating to yourself that you have the the competence to back it up and that you should be you should be confident and that's what's going to build the real authentic sexual confidence well, Dan, thank you, thank you for um, this chat today. You know, we've covered a lot of ground, and you know, I, I know your stuff's good because you know I, I've tried it before, um, and you know, I learned a lot from it myself. So, you know, it's been great talking to you about all of this stuff, um, and uh, you know, I hope we get to chat another time. Yeah, definitely. Thanks for having me on, and uh, uh, really appreciate your site, by the way. I appreciate all the reviews you have up there, and uh, I like how you know you're providing trusted and uh, uh, real dating reviews for the community. This interview was brought to you by Dating Skills Review. Dating Skills Review is the Amazon.com of dating advice for men. If it exists, we have it. We help you find the best advice fast, so you can get good with women in months, not years. Find us at www.datingskillsreview.com.